0: Welcome to Journey of the Roadrunner, the podcast that takes you on an inspiring expedition through the diverse and captivating life journeys of remarkable individuals. I'm your host, Paul Stressner, who is on a journey to run a 5K in all 50 states. Coming to you with Adriana Ferns, my friend and personal trainer who's on a soul friend journey herself. We're thrilled to be your guides as we lace up and hit the road to explore the unique paths, challenges, triumphs, and wisdom that have shaped our guests into the extraordinary people they are today. Join us as we dive deep into personal stories of resilience, growth, and transformation, uncovering the secrets to success, happiness, and fulfillment. So whether you're a fellow runner in the race of life, or simply curious about the incredible stories that unfold behind every individual, get ready to embark on an unforgettable adventure on Journey of the Roadrunner. Let's get the show on the road hey everybody welcome to a brand new episode of journey of the road runners this is paul here and um adriana's not here but once again we have Kerry nelson back to the show carrie hello everybody
1: hey. hello
0: i guess uh first i'll start off with some um rhode island news talk okay. about the, the the elephant on the bridge so to speak <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you might not be as familiar with this carrie i don't we know
1: I'm, this... I'm interested
0: to hear about it though <laughs> anything this...
1: with elephant and bridge like the... <laughs> I'm intrigued you've piqued my interest
0: <laughs> well, well, well not a literal elephant but uh, <laughs> it's a big huge <laughs> news over here we have this um this bridge called the Washington Bridge it connects basically everything like east of Rhode Island to Providence it's mm. like a huge bridge and last Monday they discovered these these parts that were um, that were damaged, and the there could be a catastrophic collapse at any minute now. So they ended up closing the bridge right away, and it's like a major hub over here. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and it's like the only way one of the only ways to get to Providence
1: <laughs> from oh. <this>
0: side, <laughs> and let's put it this way: like I, my office is in Fall River, and when I go to the office after work sometimes I go to this writing club that's in Providence mm-hmm. and normally it would be about maybe like 15-20 minutes to get there but when I would leave after work it would take like an hour and a half <laughs> so um so I stopped doing that during the week so and that was before all this happened now, now it's taken people like four hours to get <laughs> to that's Providence rough. there's like one other bridge that's an alter, yeah an alternative but it's only like one lane and it dumps into like um it's the east side of providence it's like this crowded area It's like a heart c section and this there's, there's like stop signs on traffic lights at each block and it's really narrow There's cars parked on both sides <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so like freaking out and it's supposed to be closed for the next three months
1: oh gosh
0: yeah i was telling people that yeah <laughs> saying that's gonna take three months. It kind of reminded me of um March of 2020 when we got sent home from the office to say I'll probably be close for a couple of weeks and <laughs> look mm-hmm. what happened there. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what then and then another way to get up there is through Newport, which is close to me. But there's like the toll on the bridge and everything, and there's construction on there too. So, <laughs> and that's so well, there's always construction there anyway, but there's like major construction there, like create new roads to get to the bridge and everything. Mm-hmm. And they're not halting that either. And for people that don't have the easy pass, I think it costs like $4 each way to get across the Newport Bridge. And if you're from out of state, it's like $6 each way. Right.
1: Yep. <laughs> that's so, painful.
0: So, lots of craziness.
1: Yeah, that reminds me of um my mom and her boyfriend when they lived in St. Pete and they would have to like get like back up to Tampa or they were going south over the Skyway or whatever. Like they had mm-hmm. to like, on like the days that there was hurricanes or, or they would close that bridge, Yeah, they would have to like go all the way around to get to where they needed to go. So it like added like two hours to um to their drive. And it's very much like you said, like, the streets that they would have to like navigate through to get to where they were going were like narrow. And there was like stoplights at every like intersection and corner. And it just, it would take forever to get there. And I remember my mom being like, Oh, they closed the skyway down. So, you know, it's going to take us longer to get back home or, you know, Kevin's going to be late getting back home. And so that's what sparked. (laughs) I remember (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I remember my mom talking about that all the time.
0: Yeah, that, that Skyway could get crazy too on mm-hmm. the rush hour. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's crazy
1: there. That's actually yeah. one of those. Do you know that they do a race across that every year?
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. Every year. I think it's in it's in February or March. They they it is super popular. It's a really a hard race to get into. I, I think oh. they have like a whole lottery system for it, but yeah, they do like a 10K that goes up and over the bridge. That bridge. Oh wow. Um, all right, yeah, yeah, it's probably like the only hill that you'll ever see <laughs> in that area of Florida, but yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. because I do know that they have a, like a ton of races there, mm-hmm. the downtown, St. Pete and everything, but yeah, yeah, I didn't know about going over the bridge. Yeah, there. they have oh, a skyway.
1: Cool. Mm-hmm. That'd oh, be a cool view. That's interesting. I, every yeah. year, like I'm like, every year I see it pop up and I'm like, this is the year I'm going to like try to get into it and then I forget or I'm too late and I miss it, yeah. so... <laughs> it's one of the ones that is on my bucket list of races to run
0: yeah that's something different yeah that'd be cool all right oh well, i could talk i that i have other news unre, um related to my return to the 80s, but we'll get into that a little bit later but for this episode we're going to talk about our one word themes of 2024 i yeah we, we've we've done episodes on that maybe one or two episodes on that so um i discovered this through Gretchen Rubin mm-hmm. if people are familiar with her um she has her own podcasts the happier I first found her when I started running again then I started following running podcasts and whatnot and then she happened to be a guest on a couple of them there was the running lifestyle show um, and then um there's the marathon training academy mm-hmm. if people are familiar with those so she was like guest on those then like I Was following her. She we talked about it on here before too. She has a book, The The Four Tendencies and stuff. And that's what she was promoting at that time. But on her own show, her and her sister, Elizabeth craft they come up with their one-word themes of the Mm -hmm. year. And I think it's pretty cool because I never do like resolutions. And usually what I'm doing kind of playing out for the year, I usually start around like in the fall like september or october like that's the time of the year i joined the gym and mm-hmm. started running again and everything so by the time new year hits i'm already rolling so but i like this year of um the one word theme and by this year 2023 it was um uh, momentum so and that helped a lot i gained a lot of momentum mm-hmm. after with all my running i started doing different states again. I was getting going on my book, even though I had a setback losing that. I've talked about that on here before. So and all right, yes, we can talk about that. Do, do you want to go first? Or? <laughs>
1: oh yeah. I mean it's yeah I can go first. If you want me to? Sure. Um so uh my my one word for twenty twenty four is thrive. Um I feel like for me um it's been survival or survive for the last couple of years, right? So, you know, with life, everything ebbs and flows. And this has just been that section of my life that has been uh, very much survival mode and just kind of like, you know, surviving uh, and maintaining and and, like trying to get through. And I can feel like for 2024 that um, this is my year to step away from survival mode and enter into thriving mode, so like taking it up another level, and and really taking everything that I've built upon, and all this the things that I've learned throughout the last couple of years in survival, and take them into the next level to reach new goals and you know accomplish them and thrive from it. So that is my word is thrive for twenty twenty
0: four. I love it. That's perfect.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it, it, what you first told me about surviving, you know, for, you know, especially for last year, I'm thinking of like the, the marathons that you did. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and
1: I for 2023, you know, survive really is, you know, like, like we've talked about it, like three marathons in a year um, was not part of the plan for this year <laughs> at all. And, you know, I can remember talking to to Denny back in 2022 in December and just being like, you know this is gonna be really hard um you know and actually it was before december because we were leading into disney and i was struggling even back then to like get to a point where i was getting the miles and i needed for for the marathon and i remember looking at him and saying you know i, I just don't want to feel burnt out going into into boston when i when boston training starts i don't want to." be so overwhelmed with marathon training and everything that's going on in life and not get the job done. And he said, then, you know, it's all about just having fun uh, and surviving, right? Like it's just kind of go and enjoy the moment and have it be what it is. And don't put a lot of pressure on yourself for Disney. Think of it as just kind of like your lead in to marathon training and and have fun with it. Just your goal is to just, Mm cross the finish line and survive it. So I did that. I had a great time in Disney and just kind of like, you know, rode all the roller coasters and and all that <laughs> stuff and had a good time and forgot about pressuring myself on, on the pace that I needed to hit for it. And after that, I felt like I was in a good place going into Boston um, and the momentum of Going into Boston and, and, and having a, a solid foundation of like, I ran 26 miles in January. So like to kick off marathon training with a marathon, put me in the right headspace to get through Boston. Uh, and then it was back into survival mode again for New York, right? Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, life happened, um, lots of crazy happened and, and you're, like everybody else, your world gets tipped upside down sometimes. Uh and, and you have to survive it. And so I got through that and and now I just I feel like in my bones, like I feel like twenty twenty four is the year to thrive. Like it's just been, you know, year after year of just like, you know, spinning the wheels and getting there slowly, but like not like making huge momentous progress. Um and so twenty twenty four is gonna be is gonna be that year.
0: That um New York marathon was a struggle. For you, but you survived it. And survived
1: it. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that yeah, that does a lot for you. And now you have a base to build on and you could do that. You can <laughs> do right. anything.
1: Right. you're Gonna get and-
0: back to your joy of all um, obstacle course racing and everything.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think that's that's been a really big thing that's I think it's put me in a better headspace. Boston for 2024 is still knocking on the door and there's still a lot of work to be done for Boston but again, I know Boston really well. Like I've, I've ran it now once I've done the Jimmy fun three times. So, you know, the course to me is not on familiar territory. I know how to train for that course. Um, I know it like the back of my hand. Um, I actually really enjoy it because it's, you know, like all downhill for that first like 15 miles and then we climb back up again. Um, so you know, but other than Boston, it's all OCR like on the calendar. Like that's really, I think, what is is so exciting to, uh, to know that like when September hits, you know, I get to go out to the Midwest. I get to see all of my friends, my OCR family, um, that I haven't seen in in over a year because I haven't right. been running OCR, um, and, and just having fun and laughing. And I think that's another big part of why. I really enjoy OCR is that community environment Mm -hmm. and being around those people and laughing and having a good time and having all of these stories to tell. Like I've ran competitively for Spartan in the age group, and that's fun to push yourself and challenge. But those ones where you're running with open with your friends and you're just stuck in the mud. Like, I can remember this, I ran Maryland in 2021. Yeah, 2021 I did Maryland and for Savage. And they had like mud up to our waists. Like oh. it was insane. <laughs> and it was me and Molly Bond and Jess Swank. I don't know if you know either of those girls. Um yeah. they, they run a bunch of OCR Spartans and 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 those uh races. And I remember just us all being stuck and laughing and having a good time and just enjoying the moment of it all and it's been a while since like i've had a good on belly laugh like that you know and so i think that's one part of it that i i relate to with ocr it's just that fun time like i I started ocr with my friend jen up here in, in new hampshire and we used to run races all the time together and it was always like with the stories that we have you know, we ran Killington and it was 20, 2019's race. Yeah, it was 2019. And uh, we had come off of the mountain and you could hear the the festival area. Like you hear Shine Down playing, which we were oh. joking about because it was one of our favorite Shine Down songs and, and we love. Brent Smith from Down and all that so like we were like running through the woods being like hey yeah, Brent Smith like we're almost there it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> and an ultra ran past us and they're like you're not even close and we we're like <laughs> what like we're almost there because we had seen the map it was the year that like the map leaked for Killington and oh. so like we we're like oh like no we're almost there our watches are saying that like we're almost there And then I'm starting to do math in my head of like the obstacles that I know Spartan always has on the beast course that I haven't seen yet. And like (laughs) everything's starting to like come together and like the doom of this race isn't (laughs) over. (laughs) (laughs) And and so we get down to the bottom of the mountain and there's an arrow that like is pointing you like the festival is here and the arrows like go this way. And we're like, this is not happening. (laughs) It wasn't like just a jaunt up a hill. No, like it was like straight up. (laughs) And I remember us being like, are you kidding me? Brent was singing us into the homeland. And now he's sending us back up in the opposite direction for another who knows how many miles. But you know, we laughed about it. And we had a good time and it was just all fun and games. And cause like, if you don't laugh, you're going to cry. Right. Like, We all been in that moment where like us, especially OCR races where like you're at your breaking point and you're just like, I cannot climb another one. I'm going, I'm literally going to cry at this moment. So it's literally cry or laugh about it. So yep. <laughs>
0: it's always
1: better with people around you.
0: Yep. Exactly. Yep.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Love it. <laughs> How about yours?
0: What's your word? See, so my word is going to be fire.
1: Mm.
0: So, um, yeah, there's like a lot of meanings behind that. It can be all different, it can mean all different kinds of things. It's like a symbol of like renewal, transformation. And I've been working a lot on my personal development lately because I've been working the same job now for like 27 years. So, (laughs) I'm like trying to shake things up with my writing and everything mm-hmm. and i'm gonna get more consistent with the podcasting so you know i want to like you know build a brand and everything so I, i'm ready to catch fire now i've been taking steps i've been like planting the seeds and now it's all starting to come to fruition so i'm feeling that um everything's going to catch fire this this year and also it <laughs> it also represents like burning things down and I kind of alluded to it earlier I've had um, my website I started a blog people may know return to the 80s I started in January of 2010 and it's been I built like a huge following on it I think each of like between Twitter or x whatever it is and Facebook there's like 17,000 followers on each Mm -hmm. one but I used to write a lot lot of articles and everything and it has since turned into a podcast, but lately all I've been doing is just posting like a feature called remember that song. It's like music trivia and Mm -hmm. my podcast co-host Del is the one who sends me those. It's just like running on fumes. It's not bringing me joy or anything. So it was like a tough decision because it's been my baby baby for all these years. So I'm going to put that to an end but I decided to to start um, something else called We Are Generation X. So we're still gonna podcast because that that's going strong. We have like a great group of people that we do it together. So with Dell and Claire and Caroline, we have a lot of fun. So we're gonna keep the podcast going. It's just gonna be like a change of direction. <laughs> what is it? You burn something down and the phoenix rises from the ashes. So. Yeah. That's what's gonna happen. One hundred percent.
1: It's good. Change is good. You know, like I think, mm-hmm. and I think the scariest change is always the best change. You know, like if mm-hmm. if it scares you, then you can usually count on that being the right path to take. You know, in your gut, things need to change, and sometimes, in order for things to change, you really have to just kind of blow it all up and and mm-hmm. figure it out from there.
0: Yep, exactly. Yeah, and I don't even know, like I'm taking our chance here. I don't know an exact plan of what I'm doing, but I just have like a general idea. So it's kind of scary, but it's kind of what you have to do. Just go with it and see where it takes you. Oh, 100%. And we're also going to do a book club. I came up with this idea like last year and I started it It's called the Gen X Book Club. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do, we're going to cover a book a month. And then at the end of the month, we're going to do a, a live Zoom session. So it'll be our usual crew and then what people can join in and then at the end of each meeting we can have people jump in and say something questions or yeah. comments and stuff like that yeah because i'm learning how to do that and then i can post on facebook and make a podcast with that episode and everything so yeah so a lot of exciting changes come in and then also for this podcast i have a, a list of Awesome guests that I'm going to bring on some really big names I'm shooting for. So
1: go big or go home, right?
0: Yep. Yep. It's yeah. No more playing small.
1: (laughs) Like like I said, you got to take chances. You know, like Mm -hmm. I have forever in a day wanted to photograph live music. Like that's been one of my big things that I've Mm -hmm. always wanted to branch into. And with Olivia, like uh, having a young kid and raising a young kid, it was hard to. Put that into a schedule because you got to be there for her and whatever. But now that she's getting older, there's opportunities and stuff to take chances and and Ooh. dive into something that I've never been able to do that I've always wanted to really do. So 2024, that's another big thing for me is to really put myself into an area with my photography stuff that I've never really stepped foot in. I've kind of dabbled in a little bit, but I've never mm-hmm. gone all in for it. So I'm really excited to see where that one takes me. I've got a couple of things lined up for early, later this year, early next year that are coming up. So I'm pretty stoked to see where that takes takes me in the next year because that's been a dream of mine since I was in college. It's like one of the reasons why I started Doing photography because I love music, right? So, Mm -hmm. before I went to school for my degree in broadcast journalism, the only thing that I really knew was that I wanted to make music videos. That was my thing that I wanted to do when I was like (laughs) a wee (laughs) child. So, I ended up going to the state college in Vermont um, because it was accessible for me financially to go to that. My parents didn't have a lot of money to send me to like. Some big school like Emerson or you know out to California to like one of the big film schools out there, uh, and all Lyndon had was like a journalism program, production journalism program to take on. So I ended up getting into broadcast and journalism because I wanted to do music videos and stuff like that. And I ended up falling in love with with photojournalism, which is telling people's story through video and photo. And so I've kind of built my career around that and I'm ready to actually kind of like take all that experience that I've learned over the last 20 years and bring that into what I originally wanted to do in the first place. So it'd be pretty exciting.
0: Oh, I love that so much. You're like coming into alignment, like this is yeah. what you're meant to be yeah. doing. So I was
1: talking to my friend about it the other day and uh, I was like, well, I have this opportunity uh, so I'm going to go take it. And she was talking because Shinedown's playing at Foxwood down in Connecticut at the end of the month. She's like, but Shinedown's playing. And I was like, yes, but there's this opportunity.
0: <laughs> and I want to
1: do this. And little Carrie from college is screaming with glee right now that like there's, there's potential for this to like actually fall in line and into place where it needs to be. So yeah, it's pretty exciting.
0: That's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Do you know, are you familiar with uh, Mark Weiss? Mm-hmm yeah because he's uh like he was on my return of the 80s podcast as I say I can put you in touch with him yeah definitely <laughs> like, get some advice from
1: him yeah and yeah, anyway, anyway, like that yeah. I love I love that like as a photographer as a teacher because like I teach photography and videography and editing to students up at Linden now uh for my my regular gig job right <laughs> to actually like bring in income and everything and To I always say to my kids that the moment that you think that you know everything there is to know about your craft is the day that you should look for another career. Mm -hmm. Because if if you are not always seeking knowledge in whatever it is that you want to do, then you don't have that passion anymore. That spark isn't there. And so for me, with photography and, and video and editing and all that stuff, I've always looked forward to... Not only being able to teach what I know and to apply my skills, but that off time to collaborate and learn from other photographers and editors in the industry because their critiques on what they perceive my work as is always so beneficial so that I can really see like where I can adjust Mm -hmm. and just to learn a different perspective of how to do things or something that I didn't realize that I could do. Like we were joking the other day, me and my friend, because in Photoshop, there's a tool that's called a clone tool. And basically like you select a, a section of Photoshop and if you want to like duplicate it in another spot of the picture, right? And so I've, I've always known about it. It's a handy tool to have uh, for retouching. But I learned <laughs> that apparently there's like a rotate function on the keyboard that like rotates how the directionality of the clone tool goes. And I never knew that existed until oh. like a month ago. <laughs> and I was like, this is brand new information. This is amazing.
0: <laughs> so, like
1: you're always learning new things and, and adapting. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's cool. And so I tell all my students the moment that you are bored or you think you know everything there is to know, is is time to think about a career change because the passion's not there for you anymore
0: mm-hmm. yeah especially in photography there's always technological advances and stuff like that right. it's always it's always, so always
1: changing now yeah. there's ai and like mm-hmm. all this other stuff now which is wild like the ai stuff is absolutely is it's, it's pretty crazy what it's capable of i spent some time on <clears throat> mid-journey the last couple of weeks to learn about like all the things that you can generate and like it is just it is absolutely incredible <laughs> what yep. it is capable of it, it, it's wild
0: mm-hmm. I had Mark on oh uh, people don't know Mark Weiss is like a legendary rock and roll photographer yeah he did well you would know like a, a lot of his album covers like Twister Sisters Stay Hungry and Bon Jovi Slippery One Wet Well, both of them <laughs> yeah. yeah like a, a original one that's people don't know about unless your fan and the most famous one with a garbage bag he started really young he would just go to concerts and take pictures that he'd sell yeah. the pictures that he ended up getting arrested or something yeah that it is, that it is. End up working for a magazine so yeah it is and like
1: that the live scene like it definitely like you have to take chances you have to be a, a like a mm-hmm. Like somebody that's okay to like take risks and and to see where it ends up. And one of the other things I talk about a lot with my students is shooting your shot. What's the worst Mm -hmm. that's gonna happen, right? Like the worst that's gonna happen is you're gonna get kicked out or you're gonna be told no, right? In most cases, maybe there's a couple of outliers where bad things like you get arrested or whatever (laughs) you went too far. But like for the most most typical people. Uh you're gonna shoot your shot and they're gonna either tell you, yeah, sure, come on down, or they're gonna tell you no, like it's not a good time or whatever. And so we talk about that all the time that you know the 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 chances the the best moments are the when you take risks and you shoot your shot because you mm-hmm. just never know what's gonna happen.
0: Yeah, that's like a perfect theme for each of us this year. <laughs> yeah. driving and catch a yeah. fire, you gotta know, take yeah. chances and everything. Yeah, so that that is perfect for you to thrive in between mm-hmm. the running and yeah. <laughs> photography yeah. and everything. That's so cool.
1: Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I'm I'm really excited for it and just like that mantra of like this is gonna be my year. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is going to be the year. <laughs> like yeah. I can feel it in my bones. I am like, you know, outwardly like projecting all of the good energy, like mm-hmm. this is gonna be it. This is gonna be the year. So
0: the same way. Yep. Yeah. We're in alignment. Mm-hmm. we both each of us are alignment together. Yep. Exactly. Exactly.
1: It's gonna be awesome. it all. We're
0: gonna get yeah. it's gonna happen. Yep. So um now we'll we'll do our 22 too many veteran. I'm happy that I'm keeping consistent with this and I was ready yeah. ahead of time this time. <laughs> Cause sometimes we'll do an episode and then I would um I forget to bring it up and then I have to record it in post. So So, um,
1: that's always never, if you can do it live to tape, it's always better. Like never say you'll fix it in post because it is like famous last words. I can't tell you how many times I have said, I'll fix it in post. And then it's like three hours later and you're like, (laughs) 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 famous last words. (laughs) (laughs)
0: For any new listeners, uh, 22 Too Many is an awesome organization that brings awareness and remembrance to veterans who die of suicide, and they support prevention as well. Uh, The 22 stands for the number of veterans who die from suicide each day, and the reports don't even take into consideration the drug overdoses or accidents that weren't really accidents. So you can follow 222many.org. That's the numbers 22 and then T-O-O many dot o-r-g. I'll also add the link in the show notes. Today's 222many veteran is Abraham Cruz. Uh, Abraham Cruz, he was 33 from Rayford, North Carolina. And he passed away on Monday, February 22nd, 2016 in his home. He was born in Puerto Rico on October 27, 1982, to Angel M. Cruz and Ismaili Hernandez-Cruz. He joined the U.S. Army after high school, serving tours of duty in Afghanistan and Iraq during his 15-year career. And SFC Cruz retired in November 2015. SFC Cruz awards and decorations include the Bronze Star Medal, Second Award, Meritorious Service Medal, Joint Service Commendation Medal, Army Commendation Medal, Army Achievement Medal, Army Good Conduct Medal. Wow. Um, excuse, wow. Five, and then National Defense Service Medal, Iraqi Campaign Medal with Campaign Star, Afghanistan Campaign Medal with three campaign stars. Wow, was a lot. Yeah. Non- <laughs> non-commissioned officers, professional development ribbon. Third award, Army Service Ribbon, NATO Medal, Parachutist Badge, Air Assault Badge, and Drill Sergeant Identification Badge. Oh, he's a drill sergeant too. Mm. Uh, his final rest is in Sand Hill State Veteran Cemetery in Spring Lake. Mm. And then um his brother in arms, Juan said, "I would never have imagined in a million years that you had so much pain inside you." You never looked down on me or condescended like many others I have met. Thank you for being such a great person and soldier. You are a great American that gave everything for your country. I will never forget you. I thank your family for raising a great man. I hope that your pain has ended and you are in a better place. I hope to see you again someday. I love you, man. Rest in peace.
1: Wow, he is decorated. That's that's a lot of medals. Yeah, yeah. Acknowledgements. Yeah,
0: he did all the wars, <laughs> and for yeah, he was in for a long time. So, yeah.
1: yeah as cool. as um as someone who who's who has served, how how is it for you to read about these amazing men and women that have served and then have, have gone and lost their lives? Like, how, you talk a little bit about that.
0: Oh, uh, uh, it, it, it is it is so tough because it's. it's it's frustrating to me probably more than anything yeah you know, they they're brothers they're family even if we weren't in at the same exact time mm-hmm. you understand what they went through and then come home and there's like not as much support like it's crazy cuz you hear everybody say it all oh, they support the troops and everything and then you hear like all talk but no action so yeah it it frustrates me when you know it comes to that but I think some people try to get things done but
1: I feel like there's a lot of roadblocks you know like Mm -hmm. I think you know a lot of people come from a good place when they start it and then there's just you know roadblock after roadblock or they realize mm-hmm. that it, like the path to get to wherever it is is not as easy as they thought it was going to be so I think there's a lot of good intention people out there I just don't think that it, it's it can be so complex to get to where you know that help needs to go mm-hmm. um, and that people give up a little bit too soon because it just becomes too much or overwhelming for them but you know you talked about how they're like brothers and, and like you, you hold that, you know, special bond with them. Is that just because of, because I've never served, so I don't know. Uh, But like, is it just going through that experience together that kind of like creates that bond? Is that something that starts way back, you know, when, when you're in basic training and then Mm -hmm. you just like learn to be like, you know, like a fam close-knit family, like when does that bond really like fuse together to become what it is?
0: Yeah, I'd definitely say like boot camp basic training because that, that is what you're most vulnerable, vulnerable to because you're leaving home for the first time like I was barely 18 when I joined so you know, you're really young you're still a kid and
1: yeah
0: and then this is your family around them and everything and yeah don't get me wrong there even though there's people that you're really close to there are assholes there too so right. you always have that
1: yeah <laughs> 100 so,
0: yeah, it can that. be a dysfunctional family sometimes but mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. overall you're still and then um even though like i was on the hospital ship i was still in a war and we were constantly threatened right. especially like on the hospital ship we didn't have any real weapons or anything to defend right. ourselves we were kind of like <laughs> taking a risk that yeah, Saddam Hussein back then so <laughs>
1: and that trauma just like mm-hmm. that, that's still trauma that like the, to never know what that day is going to bring at any given moment, day or night right like you never mm-hmm. know what's going to happen what's going to unfold there is no safe place per se in those kind yeah. of situations
0: yeah and that that's the thing that's the the mindset you have to have you have to always be ready <laughs> I was Getting ready for a promotion. I had to like take tests and stuff. So then you're like learning about what you need to do if you become a POW. And <laughs> so you have to like get in that mindset. So you're ready. You're always training. You always have to be prepared. So your mind is like in that space.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So then if you have some kind of trauma <laughs> and right. you're stuck there, it's...
1: and then you know, coming home and going from that kind of mental headspace back into regular everyday life that adjustment has got to be so overwhelming for anybody yeah
0: Yeah, it was tough because i when i was when i i was at the time when i was in shore duty i was living in california so um yeah i got back from the gulf war it even even that was tough coming back because a lot of people i was with had families and stuff waiting for them but then you know all my family and friends were across the country so i was like there by myself so that was sad but um but then like when i moved home all all my friends that i went to school with and everything they had graduated college and stuff by the time i got out and they were all moving on with their lives and you know nobody's around anymore and then i'm coming and i'm starting over and yeah that's a
1: lot that's a lot to take in and so Mm -hmm. you know a lot of people are always like they had such a decorated history like they had this they had a family but like i don't think a lot of people truly understand just that you know that mental shift that you have to have and and to realize that the whole world has gone on you've been Mm -hmm. in like in your bubble of your world and living your life but everything else in the world has been going on and they've been living their lives and advancing and changing mm-hmm. different aspects of, of their lives. And you have to come and kind of like make your place back in, find a place really inside of that, that world. And mm-hmm. it, I think it's a lot. I don't like, it's just, I, I give mad props to all of you guys that have served and um, you know, the sacrifices that mm-hmm. you make, because it's not just, what you guys are serving over there and and when you come back there's like that whole other battle that you have to face so
0: thank you yeah yeah and that's the thing that that's what makes the bond stronger too because you come home and there's only like so many people that know what you've been through right you know understand you and everything
1: yeah that is huge Mm -hmm. huge. And, and like not from a um Not that I'm at all comparing ourselves to what you have, you guys have gone through, but uh, as journalists, it's quite, there's like a similarity to that Mm because we experience so much death and destruction and horrible bad news that, you know, the only people that you really have support with are that, that small focused group of people that understand what it is that you're going through. And, Mm -hmm. you know, after seeing things explode, or people pass away, or any of those things, it changes you, your brain chemistry changes when you're in those moments. And and so you do you create those bonds with people that have lived through it and experienced it, because it's like a safe space to know that like, you can sit down with them and talk with them and be open and honest about whatever it is that that's on your brain, um, or what you're thinking, and know that it's going to be received well you know and that they truly do understand what it is that you're going through what you're feeling
0: for sure yeah especially these days for um journalists too I mean, yeah. it's really brutal yeah, now, it's tough. Yeah, with everything going on in the middle east too a lot of yeah. you know journals being yeah there. it's
1: hard it's scary and it, it, it's hard to comfort students you know like just with how scary it is over here with going out and covering news and not quite knowing what kind of situations you like it was scary before Mm -hmm. like if you put yourself into like um if you were in like a bad neighborhood or we're covering like a really big story like you never know what's going to happen at protests or any of those kind of things but you add that to where we're at as a whole with you know politics and crime mm-hmm. and everything else that's going on in the world and just the this the anger um that so many people have for the media and granted like the media has definitely done things in the past couple of years that has not uh created the best light for us right and has we've always had a bad rap but I feel like mm-hmm. there have been things that have happened that have put us in a in a worse place than we were before and it's it's scary for the young kids that are, are going out to deal with it because before, like, when I was in school, and when I started in news, we we were in crews. like we had a reporter and a photographer team, and we would go together to whatever story it is that we were covering. And we were always together, it was always two of us. And now, with a lot of these kids, um, they're one man banding, they're going out by themselves, they don't have a photographer, they don't have their photographer, reporter, a live truck operator, like the, all, all of it, they are doing everything out there by themselves. And so that adds a level of scare factor on top of everything because mm-hmm. there's no one else there to help protect you. You're by yourself. So yeah, it's a it's a scary environment for sure. Especially mm-hmm. these
0: kids. Oh, we had um Crystal Bowie on uh, she she was like a news journalist mm-hmm. and um she wrote a book, More to Tell, she was in Minnesota with the whole George Floyd thing. And yeah. she was in a lot of danger. She's caught up in the middle of riots and everything. Yeah. And um she was like the only Asian woman there. So she faced a lot of racism and sexism, yeah. just like in the dues organization she was in. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. So that can be really
1: brutal. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's intimidating. You know, it is the, for a photographer standpoint, it was a very, when I started, it was very male driven profession. There wasn't a lot of females that were photographers at that time when I had gone in to start shooting news. It's changed vastly since then. But, you know, there have been countless occasions that I can think of where I've been put in situations where I wasn't quite sure how things were going to go. Like, cause with a lot of stations nowadays, it's about the drama of it all, right? Like they want mm-hmm. they want the caught on camera stuff. They want the reaction from you know, the person in the courtroom that, you know, got sentenced to murder or the teacher that was caught doing something that they weren't supposed to do and going to the house and door knocking or like drug dealers and things like that. And there have definitely been some close call situations where we've definitely felt quite unsafe in the environment that we, we were in. Mm-hmm. And there's a perception that we make a lot of money doing what we do and for the local guys like we,
0: <laughs>
1: we do not make a lot of money <laughs> like, you know like we you truly need to love what it is you really truly do need to love being um storytellers and, and and telling people stories and the events that are happening in the world because that's the passion of it all it is definitely not financial for most of us like Like, especially when we start, um, most of us are working like two to three jobs just to like make rent and everything. But it is a, you really have, it's one of those, like, you really need to love what you do because it's not, not a lot of people like you (laughs) (laughs) for good reason. Right. I don't think I would like myself if I like walked up to somebody after they had the worst day ever and say, Hey, can you tell me a little bit about how you're feeling today? Mm -hmm. You know, that's (laughs) I would be angry too. Um, but it, I think that the the moments that are the takeaway for journalism are the moments where you get to tell people stories and help people remember people and you know, help people out, right? Those are the stories that are, are are the best ones to tell. Um, and sometimes to get to those stories, it means having to go through the bad stuff first to get to the to where the the human emotions and everything really shined. I think back to like Katrina and all the things that happened with Katrina and how terrible that event was for so many people and the heartache and the loss that came with it. But if you look after all that stuff that happened and the people that came together and helped rebuild and did fundraisers to get food and water and shelter and all the things like that, that's where like journalism is really cool because we get to tell those stories and, and get the word out there that, you know, this is happening and this is what people are doing. And this, this person had this most amazing life, much like what you're doing, you know, with the veterans and everything, being able to tell their stories and and get it out there for other people to hear is a huge impactful thing. And it's something that journalists don't take lightly. They're very serious about, having the opportunity to be able to tell that person's story and through pictures and audio and getting to hear what loved ones have to say about that person and the emotion behind it. And um, that's where it's really cool to be a journalist. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we get bad rap, but there are some really cool things that we get to do and (laughs) good things that we get to do. I promise.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, But yeah, that, that, some, times yeah it must be so hard with like the tough stories and yeah. kind of like the military you have to desensitize yourself yeah, or yeah. you'll be go so crazy you know because you feel too much you wouldn't be able to yeah. contain yourself so <laughs> um
1: when I started in my college my freshman <clears throat> second no my my sophomore year when we were down in the newsroom and starting to do stories and stuff and going out to report because our college is simulated like a newsroom, like our kids do actual newsroom shifts where they go out, they shoot a story, they come back, they edited it for that nighttime show. And we had a really big breaking news story that happened. It was some murder that happened up in in Lindenville. And so our professor got us all in the room, because it was a teaching moment. Because in Linden, we don't we don't typically get murders and things like that. We're a tiny, tiny town. And the middle of nowhere Vermont you know like a cow in the middle of the road would make the evening <laughs> <in the
0: middle.
1: laughs> but so like this happened and it was a teachable moment and one of the things that one of the kids asked was how do you deal with it like how do you handle the fact that you just saw what you saw right like be it like uh, a body or um, a mother crying or the loss of a child or any of those things and he said, "You have to look through your viewfinder like you're watching a movie. That is the best way to think of it. When your eyes go inside of your camera to set up your shot, you are looking at it as if you were watching a movie so that you have some kind of separation between reality and being able to disassociate from what's happening. And so that's how I've that's been my mantra ever since is. And when I'm in those situations, it it still sticks with you. I still have stories that stick with me and that I'll never forget and have completely altered (laughs) my chemistry. It's helped to be able to be like, all right, we're rolling up on this fire scene. We know that there's a fatal or whatever that's happened. uh, And there's potential that we're going to see them take out whoever was inside. And in those moments, because you know, you have to get the shot, right? Like the station's like, this is what we want. It, having that uh, disassociation from it, it helps a lot to mm-hmm. have that. But um, yeah, there is a lot of <laughs> locking mm-hmm. it away in the back of your head <laughs> yeah. and kind of dealing with it uh, for another day. And, and again, that's when those moments with even like like we were saying with, with being in service is having those people to be able to talk to because you know that they've gone through it. And, you know, like if I were to roll up with one of my friends that has never covered a fatal fire before or, um, you know, a murder or something and being like, oh man, we had to shoot a a fatal fire that involved three kids that perished in the fire and blah, 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 blah on Christmas. Like that's a real story. If I said that to one of my friends that's never met a journalist, they could be like, I can't believe you would even cover that. Whereas like, if you're telling it to a fellow journalist, they're, they're able to kind of understand where you're coming from because they've been put into those situations before and Mm -hmm. those friendships are the friendships that have lasted a lifetime and we made them back in school and my first and second job and those are still some of my closest friends that I have that I can always count on I photograph my old reporter's uh, family now all of her kids and stuff I still make the trek down to Boston every year
0: (laughs) and (laughs) photograph
1: her and, and her family and it's because we went through that was her first job my second job we were at the daybreak shift together and experienced so much of that trauma and just horrible breaking news that we covered because on daybreak all you're ever covering is breaking news and from that we are polar opposites of each other like she is like pink pop diva like heels the whole nine yards I can remember my my chief photographer being like uh we're putting you with this reporter uh play nice with her because like he knew that like I was like this little rocker girl like (laughs) he's like this is gonna be interesting this is I don't know how this is gonna work and we ended up being best friends like we used to like go work daybreak together and then after daybreak we would go to the taco shop down the street and get margaritas at like noon and eat some tacos and things like that or like um, when I worked at Emerson she would come over from her job and we would go you know get drinks or whatever afterwards those situations put you with the most unlikely people that you would ever think you could be friends with she is one of my closest friends to date because of just all that stuff that we went through,
0: oh, that's so amazing! Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: I <it's laughs> suppose it's the same thing in the in the service because you know, were all together, but you from like all different, you know, different states, different, <laughs> you know.
1: Right? Yeah.
0: So.
1: You like bond over those moments that like no one else understands, but you like they're like right. in the like, and I'm sure like, and say, There is no way that I could relate to what it is that you went through in in basic training and like the hardships that you faced or or when you went into and served overseas or whatever, like going through that together, like it just, the person or the people that you were prior to that experience changes and you morph into whatever it is that makes you guys click together.
0: Yep. And like I said, it doesn't even matter if you didn't serve together. Like I have a, um, a gulf war cap that i wear sometimes if i'm wearing it in the supermarket like an older guy will stop me he'll start talking and everything probably like a vietnam vet or something so yeah 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 so cool it's that
1: comfort you know it's like oh you know what i went through like you understand
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) wow this is a great conversation i was not expecting that That i mean not not that not a I was, of course, expecting a great conversation, but I didn't know we were going to go in that direction. It's so awesome! Yeah, that's great. (laughs) That was awesome.
1: They're so easy to talk to. Like that's like like a huge thing is just being able to like, and again, like you're great at telling stories and talking to people and interviewing, and that like that eases people like that flow, right? That makes it a lot Mm -hmm. easier to talk and chat. So. Oh, thank
0: you so much. I really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. But uh, I hope yeah you know, other people start feeling the same way. So yeah. Yeah.
1: am so excited
0: okay. for the future. <laughs> yeah.
1: You got huge things coming. I'm excited for you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All really right. You want to tell people where they can find yes.
1: you? So uh, you can find me uh, on Instagram at running underscore with underscore the underscore rock star. Denny likes to make fun of me whenever he has to say that. So I'm like, <laughs> he's like, do we have to say the whole thing? And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> so yeah. So running underscore with underscore the underscore rock uh, Or um, on Facebook, every run has a story. You can find me there.
0: Love that. Yep. And then, of course, you can find me at the Roadrunner. That's R-H-O-D-E. Uh, instagram and facebook and the email is the road one road one yeah i can say that (laughs) the roadrunner1 it's the number one at gmail.com and um yeah feel free to reply like on any of the socials or email me what do you all have for um do y'all have a one word theme of the year let us know i'm really curious to hear about that yeah
1: i'd
0: love to hear and also this is going to be the last episode of the year and i'm gonna be kicking things up again in the new year so i want to wish everybody a very happy holiday season and new year safe
1: safe travels wherever you are going and and i hope you get to enjoy some time with family and friends and just have a moment of rest and peace and take it all in
0: it's that time of year so Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, we'll see you all out on the road. And remember... Be excellent to
1: each other. And... Party on, dudes!